What's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Kevin. Welcome to this lunch break learning session. I'm an associate business consultant here at the Widener SBDC, and I'm joined uh, by the assistant director, Peter Hornberger. Good morning, or whenever you're watching this, uh, welcome to our lunch break learning session. We hope that this is something you can consume in uh, about a half hour and hopefully get some value out of it. So if you have a, a lunch break coming up, you can grab your phone, uh, any device you've got, and uh, listen to us, watch us, uh, but somehow get a little bit of, of uh, business advice or guidance uh, in a bite-sized, easy-to-consume format. Absolutely. Uh, so, Peter, today what I want to talk to you about is some of the traits uh, that entrepreneurs have. I mean, I know that there's a, been some, you know, academic research that's gone into this. Sure. Uh, but I also really want, I'm interested to hear your anecdotal takes of what you've sort of seen um, entrepreneurs, uh, what, what common traits do they yeah. have? Yeah, it's, um, it's all over the map, I think, when you, when you start trying to put traditional kinds of things like intelligence or uh, past work experience. It, 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 those things don't seem to be all that um, critically important mm -hmm. to entrepreneurship. What does seem to be critically important are, are really, I think, two factors. One is creativity, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, kind of a generally accepted principle, but really hard to measure. And also one of those things, like, how do you become more creative? Like, yeah. how, it's, it's a difficult thing to to um, isolate and focus mm -hmm. on um, improving that. Um, one that I think can be addressed a little bit easier, but still difficult, is um, self-efficacy, which is basically, do you have the belief that mm -hmm. the actions I take will impact and change my world? Um, and while I think it's, it's okay to see how creativity and self-efficacy could make someone more entrepreneurial, I think it's, if you look at an entrepreneur and say, what if we took away the ability to come up with novel, new ideas for looking at the world, and we take away their belief that the things that I'm doing today, the actions I take today are going to mm -hmm. change my world. If you took those out of an entrepreneur, it, it would be really plain yeah. to see that that's not going to happen. Yeah, so it's it's partly the you know the technical knowledge and experience they have, but you know, that's not, that's not obviously going to be the same for each entrepreneur that's depending right. on what they're doing. Yeah. Really what you're looking at is, you know, sort of their uh, resiliency, I, I think, is um, it's a great, good word yeah, for self-efficacy. Yeah. Um, and, and how, you know, willing, how they, how they look at problems. I think when we talk about creativity, my mind always goes to sort of, um, you know, taking an idea and just changing one little thing. I mean, we work with yeah. people on the, the business model canvas all the time. And, right. Um, we usually use the the taxi Uber example mm -hmm. where you know they took sort of this uh, this basic business model canvas for a taxi, and Uber really just changed sort of how they relate to customers, and that added a whole new That's value right. proposition. And it opened up a whole bunch of different customer segments, and it it just change the entire game. Absolutely. Um, and and that's one of the things I know we had been talking in preparation for today's um, lunch break learning session was, you know, the the art, the artist and how does the artist fit into all mm -hmm. of this mix. And, you know, as you start talking about, you know, taking uh, a business model canvas for transportation and taxis, but then modifying it and, and making adjustments, um, is, is one of those components that sometimes is, is not uh, always associated with creativity or, or yeah. uh, art, which is, 
you don't always have to start with a blank canvas. You don't you, have to you, reinvent the wheel each time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I think that's also a really interesting component to say it could be taking what's already existing in your world and starting to mold it and modify it into something yeah. that does meet your artistic intention, your creative expression. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, you know, you know, artists obviously they're not they're not doing that every time. And um, you know, I think of like something like. Maybe a photographer. You catch it in a little bit different light. That's, that's right. That's sort of yeah. how I think entrepreneurs, you know, approach approach that sort of thing. Um, and so, and you mentioned earlier, so it's difficult to sort of teach creativity. Um, am I? Is in your experience, is it something you either have or you don't, or are there things that, or and and self, that goes for self that's, that's a good, too. I mean, so. I, you know, I, I'm no expert probably on anything, um, but definitely not on, on creativity. I, I think um, I've been fortunate to work with creative people, and, and I categorize you as one of those uh, very creative people that uh, has the ability to express themselves in, in a wide variety of ways, which uh, is great for art, but it's also, I think, great for communication because you have this ability to uh, understand your world, I think, from different perspectives. So... What what comes of creativity is, um, you know, I think environment. I think also, uh, you know, confidence in yourself is yeah. is a big thing, and those things I think really are are kind of all related to environment. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know that we can necessarily teach creativity, but I think we can create spaces and processes and environments that yeah. become that allow people to be more comfortable yeah. to express creative thought. And I, I think, you know, just so in terms of creativity, so we use the business model canvas on a day-to-day basis. That's, it's an uncreative way to approach creativity. <laughs> almost. Pretty and, much, right. Yeah. Yeah, Here's a template to help you be creative. creative it yeah. seems antithetical, but it, it works. I mean, it works, yeah. I've, I've definitely, you know, seen clients, you know, yeah. really change their whole business scheme and model because of it. And, yeah. uh, same with, I think, self-efficacy. I think, you know, we as consultants do a lot of, you know, I would say 75% of it is just, nope, that's right. Yeah. That is what I would do as yeah. well. And just reassuring the, reassuring people that, you know, they're in the, the right ball. Yeah. And, and what that really comes down to is, is trust is that, um, I think it's easy to be creative. And we often look at young children and we say, man, they're so creative. They just look at something. And next thing you know, they're playing with, you know, part of a cookie that's now become a dinosaur. And it's, mm-hmm. and we say, man, I wish I was creative like that. And, but one of the things that particularly young children have is they generally have huge amounts of trust because they haven't usually been graded or told that's a bad idea yeah. or ignored. So they, they have this ability to say, I can put ideas into the world without yeah. fear of being judged mm-hmm. for those ideas. And um, that's where I think trust and the environment and the people that you're around can really help mm-hmm. um, not necessarily to unlock it. Um, I think it's already there. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that, that in, in my discipline we talk about a lot is the subject of um, empowerment versus advocating for oneself. And uh, they seem like they come out in the same way, which is I'm going to allow myself to express this creative opinion mm-hmm. in a board meeting today. It, one may you say, oh, but I, I felt empowered and I gave this out. But there's a, an underlying assumption there, which is I was empowered, which means someone else yeah. gave me the authority to do that versus advocating for oneself says I've always had the ability to express that mm-hmm. opinion. 
and I'm going to choose to yeah. use that. And you talk about environments, and I mean, I think um, there are definitely some environments that are great for breeding <laughs> entrepreneurs and yeah. some environments that, you know, are sort of structured a little bit differently. I, yeah. I, I know you have some thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the things when we were, again, when we were preparing for today's episode, we, we started, you, you shared a great video with me where we were hearing about how the classroom, the place that you're supposed to go to learn, um, it really does not connect well with creativity at all. It's almost yeah. um, school, particularly as you get into later yeah. years, uh, graduate school where you're at now, um, creativity sometimes is uh, a negative mm-hmm. for the classroom. It's kind of like, no, 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 focus on the answer. Yeah. Or as creativity says, yeah, but I just, I'm off on a completely different area. I mean, the, maybe the answer is okay, but maybe it was the wrong question. And I'm creatively going off identifying yeah, yeah. different questions to ask. Um, so there, there are spaces that uh, I think traditionally kind of don't do great at fostering creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think there are a, a lot of spaces now that are saying we, we need to create um, these spaces that are aesthetically pleasing, they're comfortable, people can develop the rapport to, uh, to communicate freely and openly. And the problem with, like when I think about it, the problem with, you know, the classroom and it's not a place necessarily for creativity. There are definitely some instructors, I know you do this, where you try and get people engaged and they really lead the class and yeah. that sort of breeds yeah. creativity. But if you're coming up in this this structure, it also kills your self-efficacy because you think, you know, if you're a naturally creative person, you're constantly getting told you're wrong, you don't know That's what right. you're doing because there yeah. are all these standards and you know, standardized measurements for performance. And That's right. It's really a compounding problem. Uh, it is, and it's hard. And, and at the end of the day, even as someone that tries to facilitate creative processing, I'm the person that inputs the grades. Yeah. So that, that, I can't disconnect that part from me. And no matter how much trust is built, um, I still have this role that even though I try not to use authority as the means to shape and mold the interaction with anyone, in some cases, whether it's consultant, professor, um, boy, even just in a regular interpersonal relationship, there, there's always going to be a power dynamic, and particularly when there's grading in a classroom setting. Yeah, I, I have power that it can't be. You can't get around it. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a, a certain amount of authority that comes with that role, and it's always going to have some level of input or an impact on the ability to uh, have a forum where people are feeling fully, yeah, uh, you know, full levels of self-efficacy and, and openness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean, um, you know, by definition, it, I, I, you know, you talk about there's, it's difficult to separate yourself from that, that power. By definition of, you know, there's a grade, there needs to be some standardized set of measures. And by definition, if you're creative, you're going to fall out of that standardized <laughs> set of measures. Cause, yeah. You know, the professor isn't looking at the problem the way you look at it. Right. So um, it, there is that, that difficulty that you're trying to balance. And I think you know, the sooner entrepreneurs can recognize that, you know, I didn't need to be a straight-A student. I don't need to have an MBA. I don't need to have all this other stuff. Yeah, right. And, that, and that's, the, that's now the turnaround of this, which is, uh, you know, when you go back to some of your original question, you know, what are some of those traits of entrepreneurs? And typically what I see is they are under, they, they put far less value on those 
standard measurements of what is good, like mm -hmm. what is your grade point average and what was your IQ and uh, how many years of experience have you had? Entrepreneurs have tend to have uh, a strong belief in self to say, I don't, I don't care that I've never run yeah. a business before. Uh, yeah, obviously there's a chance it won't work, but there's also a chance it will. So um, I can either sit back and keep myself out of the entrepreneurial process because I don't know if it will work, yeah. or I can find out. And that, that's back to some of the principles we have uh, at, at our center that we try to bring in, which is that design, test, learn, and evolve, which is you don't learn anything until you actually test your plan. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's one of the things that we try to build into all of our interactions is uh, we don't know, and including us as counselors, we're all still learning. We're all still in that same process of we think things will work, but we have to test it. Yeah. And not everything works, and some things fail, and we, we reload and try again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, we talked about a little, a little earlier just that entrepreneurs typically match like the artist profile. Mm. Um, are, are there sort of anti-profiles of entrepreneurs, things that, you know, you, if they have this, you're, you're not going to see them really succeeding? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen things... Um, uh, like the, there's entrepreneurial kind of tests and things, and, uh, we used to use one from, uh, Wonderlic, which is kind of a, a internationally recognized mm -hmm. kind of, um, testing agency. And they, they kind of put entrepreneurs on a spectrum with managers. So managers yeah. were one end, entrepreneurs were the other. Um, and I think it's, uh, managers I think is an okay reference, but I, I think it's more, uh, that's kind of like a what. And I, I, I tend to put into context of how are they doing it. And, yeah. and I would say it's more of a maintenance mindset, which is, mm -hmm. I don't know how we got here. I don't necessarily really care where we're going. I'm here to maintain yeah. what we have today. That mindset tends to be really difficult to, to start a business, not because they're not creative, not because they're not uh, having high levels of self-efficacy, but largely because the maintenance mindset in comparison to what I would put it as the other end of the spectrum, an innovative mindset, mm -hmm. is a maintenance mindset says, I'm here to select the best of three available options. Yeah. And the assumption is, I'm going to pick the correct of these three, but how did we arrive at which three we're choosing from? So people that are of a maintenance mindset are looking for, I just want to know it works before I do it. Yeah. Whereas innovators are saying, the floor is open. There's no choices to choose from. My job is to create the choices, yeah. and um, the best way to do that is throw stuff out there and see what works. I, I mean, when I when I hear you talk about innovation and things like that, I'm I'm thinking of sort of you know a strategic strategic thinker, and my mind almost jumps like my mind immediately jumps to a CEO of a big company. That the, these are the people who are the strategic thinkers, and then, yeah. you know, as you go down down the rungs, it gets more and more to that, that maintenance side where you don't have a lot of flexibility, you know, to yeah. think outside of the box. Right. And um, I, I think one of the things, uh, you know, a tip for an entrepreneur might be, you know, try and think as a CEO. Think of yourself as a CEO. Don't think of myself as, right. you know, Kevin, I, you know... Play guitars. I know how guitars work, so I open up a guitar shop. So right. don't think of myself right. as Kevin, the expert on guitars. Think of myself as 
the CEO of Kevin's Guitars. Right. I'm going to take this business to a whole new place. Yeah, and that's a really great point and, and something that comes up. I, I know, I think we had just had some consulting meetings where we talked about, you know, there, there's you in the business, which is fine, but that tends to lend to the maintenance mm-hmm. mindset. And then there's the concept of you and then the business as a separate entity. And yeah. when we can do that and, and separate the you out of the business, um, that's where we can really start. Yeah. I, I think that what helps then moving into an mm-hmm. innovative kind of, of way to say, um, how do we make the business run? And maybe things that yeah. you're not necessarily comfortable with as a person might actually be the best thing for the business. And, and those are some of the decisions you have to make as a, a CEO. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I mean, I'm sure when you're just starting out, you're probably working on both uh, things. <laughs> yeah. You're the maintenance yep. you're and, the, and the strategic thinker. And pro- I would imagine, you know, as you progress and probably this is, you know, when they did these studies, they were a little bit flawed because <laughs> you're talking to successful right. entrepreneurs. You know what I right. mean? So yeah. yeah, I'm creative and but I bet it wasn't that way when you started out. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's probably yeah. a lot of... Yeah, we, we, you know, time tends to do some things. It kind of, uh, you know, brightens the, the, the good things and, and kind of dulls the bad things. So we tend to come out with things, you know, that's why we have things like, you know, back in my day, you know, life was much <laughs> grander and simpler. And yeah. it's kind of like, well, you know, time tends to, uh, you know, blur some of those those memories a bit, and uh, oftentimes they skew towards the positive, which yeah. is where I think that that may be uh, what comes out with some of the the interviews of successful entrepreneurs is the success is sweeter. Yeah, and it was uh, always this yeah. way. It was always it was yeah. whatever. Yeah, good. Yeah, awesome. Well, you know, thank you guys for watching at home or joining us today on your lunch break, hopefully, and uh, hopefully, you know, the entrepreneurs watching, they you know got a taste for some of the things that. Uh, some of the mindsets and, and traits they might see in themselves that would you know align themselves with a good entrepreneur. Yeah, um, and uh, if, you, if you're able to watch this on either YouTube or one of our podcasts, one of the things we'll do in the in the uh, course description is we'll share some of the, the links that we reviewed uh, as we were preparing this so that you can go and look at some of the videos and, and other uh, sources of, of information on this topic as uh, you might want to explore it a little bit deeper. Um, and we again thank you for your time and, and uh, hopefully we didn't take too much of your time today but we thought this was uh, something that was worthwhile sharing with you as you're considering a business, considering growing your business. Um, so take these, these bite-sized kinds of pieces of information. Hopefully they'll help and uh, we hope to see you or hear from you uh, at our podcast or our YouTube channel in the near future. Thanks, Peter. Thanks. All right. Cool. How long do you think that was? I literally have no idea. That was right.